Shalom and welcome to another episode of Spirit of Truth podcast where I share what the Spirit is saying today. I'm your host, Melissa Collins. This episode may be an awkward one, but please hear my heart and please hear the message that's on it. And as always, test what I say. Pray about it and study these things out for yourself with an open mind. I say all that to say, tis the season of confusion. And I might add, our father is not the author of confusion. But yet, we find ourselves in America totally immersed, drowning, I might say, in a sea of almost anti-biblical celebrations with a counterfeit biblical label. And yeah, I realize right there, I probably lost a good portion of my audiences, but please hear me out and prove me wrong. So for the purpose of this podcast, I'm speaking in American generalities. So not necessarily about you, but I'll let you be the judge of that. Each morning, I'll wake up, I get in the car to head to work, and before I can get to my worship playlist, the radio defaults, and guess what I hear? Yeah, you guessed it. Since at least Thanksgiving, it's been Christmas music. And again, not all songs played this time of year are necessarily bad. But a great number of them say things like this. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. And so forth and so on, we go on to sing praise and worship and admiration to this evergreen tree that we've at least previously gone out into the woods to chop down, to bring into our homes, to fasten up and adorn it with silver and gold. Does that sound familiar? But we sing a worship song or adoration song to a created item that's a no-no in romans 1 it's talking about this situation specifically in verse 25 it's talking about those who changed the truth of god into a lie and they worshiped and served the creation more than the creator who's blessed forever amen and we're going to come back to that chapter, but back to the songs, there's Santa Claus is coming to town, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Baby, and I could go on and on with these songs, 
but have we stepped back to really see what we or how we are celebrating? And first off, I am guilty. I was raised in your typical American middle-class household and as so did I raise my kids. This time of year, I worked extra hours, I saved my money, I stressed and sometimes I wept as Christmas approached because I had three kids that I love more than anything and there was nothing that I wanted more than to have tons of gifts including everything that they could even imagine that they wanted just so they could kneel on December 25th in front of a tree that we just sang to and take the gifts from under its branches. Now, doesn't that sound strange? If this is a Christian act, how? But then, it's like, but wait, there's more. But then, I lied. If I had already just broken idolatry off the top 10 list, now I added on lying. I basically made my children think that I got them nothing after all of my work and all of my stress. But no, it was a mythological man that did all this for them with flying reindeer and magical elves and snowmen. And I brainwashed them and tricked them with half-eaten cookies and ice and oatmeal for the deer and I prayed and washed and tricked them to consider that those things were real for years. But then one day when I thought they were old enough, at least for the older two, I said, you know that man that watches you all year that I told you about? You know, the one who knows when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been good or bad. The provider of those good gifts, that guy, he's not real. Oh, I meant Santa. Santa, that one, that one isn't real. That other man that I told you about, who sees all and knows all, even has the hairs on her head counted and provides every good gift, Yahweh and Jesus, they're real. The spirit of Christmas, not real, but the Holy Spirit, that's real. What have I done? And what if they had questioned me further? What would I have said? I had taught them that lying was a sin, but yet I openly lied to them. What a hypocrite. What was I actually teaching them? When these things begin to dawn on me, 
Well, rather, when Yahweh opened up my eyes to see and my ears to hear what His Holy Spirit was saying and convicting me, I quit cold turkey. Immediately apologized to my kids, but most of all, I cried and I wept in repentance to Yahweh because it was in my ignorance that I had just been repeating all of these patterns that I had been raised in without any forethought at all. But I had offended my heavenly father. I hadn't even considered him or what he thought. I had offended who had always been there for me, who had given me my prized possessions, my children, and my family, and all of this time and all of these wonderful things I had offended bended the giver of those and it broke me and I truly believe I know he worked in my kids they were all three immediately understanding and in agreement that had to be God do you celebrate Christmas And be honest, how much of what you do is truly based on biblical principles? Do you celebrate the other joyous celebrations that God actually ordained for us and told us to observe in scripture? Or no? Do you celebrate with Christmas your Christmas with carols and about things that are not about God? Do you lie during Christmas? Is it all about the commercialism? Is that where your focus is? Do you do you battle the Black Friday chaos? Is that something Jesus would do? Do you find yourself buying for yourself just as many things as you shop for others? I did. I selfishly made my own list too that I fully expected others to buy for me. I mean, sure, I said it it was the spirit of giving, right? But was it? Or did I secretly want my kids to have the best and the most gifts. Yeah, I did. Did I want the best and nicest decorations and the biggest tree? Yeah, I did. And on Christmas Day, did we even pray? Probably not. Maybe before we had a meal, or big Christmas feast where the majority of it went into the trash. At least for me, looking back through a biblical lens, Christmas was really ugly for me. And it had little to nothing to do with Jesus. So now I wonder if Christmas is 
so biblical, then why is it so widely accepted and celebrated? It's in schools and courthouses where prayer, religion, or any other religious paraphernalia is forbidden. But a Christmas tree and Santa Claus, that's that's a-okay. It's widely accepted and hugely celebrated by atheists, agnostics, witches and warlocks and pagans. People who condemn any other so-called religious rites that concern Jesus. So is it really about Jesus? And that's the question that I want you to really audit for yourself. There are some teachings that I will wholeheartedly endorse. The one that opened my eyes was Jim Staley's Truth or Tradition. I heard you to start there. Well, start in your Bible. Then you can go there. And also, I remember uh, the Way documentary where there are personal testimonies of people who God has also opened their eyes and ears to really see how he feels about this holiday. Now, as a part of Jim's teaching, at least it used to, go into the pagan origins of all of our Christmas traditions. And I mean all. And if you're familiar with the scriptures, you know that we, as God's followers, we are plainly told to set ourselves apart. We are not supposed to do the things that the pagans do. We aren't to look like them, and we are certainly not to worship him in those ways. No matter what it meant to us in our deceitful hearts. I mean, the golden calf was a feast to Yahweh too, and we saw how that turned out. God set an example, an early example for us, and wrote it down. And on that mountain, he gave us all that we needed to do. He even warns us not to add or take away or change his law. One of those is found in Deuteronomy 4.2. It says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, but that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So why on earth did we conjure up another holiday that we have to observe all the while ignoring the ones that he commanded? Jesus talks about this in Mark 7. He said, For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. 
as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And may I add that man made traditional holidays there. And he said unto them, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. If we were to seek God and truly seek him and his ways and turn from our wicked ways, we would see change. We would see change in our lives and our homes and our families and in our town and in our country. That's his written promise to us. That's his blood signed contract with us. In the book of Deuteronomy, he clearly details what happens to us when we follow him and what happens when we don't. But just in case you're still listening and may not believe what the Bible says about that not one jot or tittle will pass away from the law, Or maybe you don't believe the words of Jesus when he told us that he did not come to abolish the law. Just in case you're in that camp, let's go back to Romans. Let's read all of Romans 1. It starts out with Paul. A servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. That's the Old Testament. Regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles, where? He said to call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, who I serve in my spirit and preach in the gospel of his Son, is my witness how I constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but I've been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among other Gentiles. I'm obligated to both Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish, and that's 
while I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature, they have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without an excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshipped and served the created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Check. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. Check. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Check again. They are gossips and slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Check all those. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. Yeah. <sighs> 
I want to be careful that you understand my heart is pleading for you to consider the words of your Bible. I confess I have been exactly where you are and I understand. But I could never and will never go back to that. The blessings and intimacy with God, the peace, the joy, I wouldn't trade those things for the world. Romans 2 goes on to talk about his righteous judgment. He says, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. God tells us over and over, there is but one law One law for the children of Israel and the stranger who dwells among them. One law for the Jew and the Gentile. He is fair in his judgment. Practically all of us in America have a copy of the Bible in our homes. We are without excuse. If you are listening to this podcast and you don't have a Bible and you would like one, please get in contact with us. We've just read scriptures and we've heard about what happens when we put traditions over truth. And we nearly checked off every box. God showed us by example what happens to wicked generations. We all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. We know what happened when men were evil continually. He destroyed the whole world. Brothers and sisters, if we don't take his word seriously... If we don't listen, if we don't repent, I'm afraid his long suffering is getting short. I'm afraid that we are looking at destruction, whether it be America first and the world soon after. No, I'm not saying Christmas has destroyed America, or am I? There's a reason that it was illegal here into the 19th century. It wasn't adopted as an American holiday until 1870, only a mere 150 years ago. Just think about that. But we just 
tread, what kind of sins quickly develop from putting traditions over truth, then tack on abortions and our outright fraud of sin that Americans participate in or support and wave around their rainbow flags and wear their vagina hats. We aren't ashamed of our sin. No, we in our country, we are proud. We spit in the face of our creator and we do whatever we want to do. And that is not a good idea. Judgment will surely and swiftly come. I beg you to pray. Do your own research. Consider this and please repent with me. Love one another and let's return to our Father and to His good, good ways. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. We can make America great again, not by a single man or a political party. Although that's something to consider along the way, but first, God tells us exactly what to do. Listen to Deuteronomy 4, 7 through 9. It says, What other nation is so great as to have their God near them the way the Lord our God, Yahweh, is near us whenever we pray to Him? And what other nation is so great to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Friends, it's that simple. Follow God, follow His ways, and teach them to our children. We can do this. Let's return to His path. Let's return to the way. Thank you for listening to what's been laid up on my heart today. I truly love you all. May God bless you and may God be with us all.